With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sportsbooks. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up. Are we live? Yes, we are. All right. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> that was an interesting start. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast today that you're going to be listening to. It is Thursday, February 3rd, currently in the midst of the All-Star break. Um, bit of a lull. I think our All-Star festivities start Friday. Uh, I don't know how, I mean, willing these players are to go to the All-Star game. I don't even think the, their casino is above a hotel. So thank you, Gary or Jerry or whatever. Who, what's our Gary Bettman? I forgot. 29 years as of yesterday as the NHL yep. commissioner. I thought his name was Jerry for a second. Think about that. It's a long time. It's a okay. long time. Joined by Josh and Jason. What up? Per How's usual. Going? Great Good. week, guys. Great week. Good Three week. Was that a five-game winning streak? So is the is, yeah is the new is so. the new Almost. leaf thing that they're just great at comebacks? Yep, I like I, it. I think so. Or they just suck in early in games now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a bit of both. A bit of both. I Not even know. early against Detroit. When you look at it, when did they fall behind? Second period. Second period. Yeah. They were down four-two going into the third. So, I don't know. I, I guess you need a little bit of a deficit. To, Kick Austin Matthews in the rear end, and then, uh, and then once you piss him off, there's there's no going back from there, or, or, or piss off Michael Bunting for that matter. Jeez. Oh yeah, Jezu, that guy had a week. Absolutely, that first our first line had a week. So much for the line combination experiment, right? Oh god, holy smokes! Yeah. Throw that out the window. Yeah, um, we're not going back to that one. <laughs> Let's just leave Marner on was, and Bunting on the first or, line. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. Leave Marner math for sure. Yeah. The goal oh, score, guys. I mean, those three this week, Matthews was on the ice for eight goals for two against, and then Marner nine and one, and Bunting nine and two. Like, not bad. Not bad. I don't know. I don't, there's really not much else you could say. That was my big, all I was trying to say. Like, I get you want to shuffle the lines, but yeah. how are you splitting these guys up? They have great chemistry. It's like a perfect set of three archetypes of players to play together, and they're fantastic. Oh, yeah. So. Not even, like, split them up. Like, don't split them up and then mid-game put them back together yeah. and then split them up and then put it back together, a different line, and then, like, that that messes with the whole flow of the game. I've always thought this when when – Coaches jumbo lines when they're like down a goal and they need a goal. Like that's the line that should just be playing the whole game. Pretty it, it's not that complicated. It's like, oh, you really need to play really well right now. So you put Matthews, Marner, and Bunting. It's like, why wasn't that just the line the whole time? Yeah. And I honestly think it's messed up the chemistry on the second line, it seems. Yeah. I mean, they had a horrible week. 
in, in a week of like scoring a ton of goals, that fact that line had zero goals is like shocking. I think the funniest meme, I don't know why I find it so funny. It's such a simple meme. It's a guy sitting on a bench. It's like he said it's his day off, and it was the guy Tay. It was like Marner and Math, or sorry, Nylander and Tavares. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> other than Kerfoot on that shorthanded to McKay, which was, was fantastic a- patience in that first oh, Devils yeah. game, but it was Severson in a blender. The guy we just praised last episode. <laughs> By the way, guys, if if you're listening and you watch this Leaf game, you're probably thinking, "What are these guys talking about?" Damon Severson, he sucks. He had a terrible two games. I'm telling you, he's a good player. It happens. Still. It happens, but wow, was he bad in those He was brilliant. He got, he got destroyed. Yeah. Hopefully the Leafs pro scouts I mean, weren't watching because now we're not going to no. get him. So to reveal the truths behind what actually happened, uh, he tanked his values so that the Leafs <laughs> yes, have to, can get him at a more exactly. affordable exactly. rate, right? I mean, it's just all, it's all mathematics and such. But, um, yeah, Kerfoot waited so long, Damon Severson forgot how to play defense and uh, gave us a, a, a display for the ages just leaving Mikheyev wide open on a 2-1-0 like that. But, yeah, it was a, this was a, an interesting week of hockey for the Leafs. I mean, never count them out. Bet the dip. Bet the, buy the any, dip. Scoop it. <laughs> are there any other lessons we learned from this week? New Jersey's pretty bad. Yeah. They are so soft on the puck. I, I said to Jason pregame, I said, I think they have the smallest forward group in the NHL. Probably. Yeah, and I don't know idea. if they did. They definitely have, like, the sl- softest, though, because they, like, even their D, they got some big D, but the amount of turnovers that they had in their own zone was really bad. That video I posted of Matthews, Bunting, and Marner just completely terrorizing them. And that was In not each the of those old, plays, yeah, yeah. There, were, there was five clips, I believe. There was five goals. In each of those plays, the Devils defenseman had the puck. I didn't even post the one where it was Jack Hughes with the puck and he turned it over and then it was Marner to Bunting yeah. because Matthews was, wasn't on the ice. You know who the center was? David Camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. But. St- he played 18 minutes last night. Led the least forwards. Uh, it makes sense. You're, when you're up like seven goals. Going I wasn't the second. saying it as like a negative. I uh, no, I, no I, I know. I was just saying. But Put anyone out there. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's good. Play. Also, back-to-back, they get a mm-hmm. break. Rest the guys. Yeah, yeah. John Gillies. That was a was a tough yeah. look for him, but yeah. I mean, Akira Schmidt didn't fare much better. Really, he didn't stop that many pucks. He looked, looked good at the beginning, but then kind of even look good. I don't know. I got <laughs> you, every time the Leafs play like a no name goalie, you, I always get nervous because they yeah. randomly just goalie us. But he gave up six goals. He gave it. Yeah, he gave up no five. Five plus an empty plus netter, the empty netter. Speaking of goalies, not to jump around, but we had a bit of a goalie situation this week. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. I saw one tweet. I believe it was from, they changed their name to Loafs fan. Um, he said, I really need Peter Mrazek to play well because I really need a goalie controversy in Toronto. <laughs> I don't know why you need, uh, <laughs> you need that, but I mean, uh, Peter Mrazek, what an up and down week for him. Like that, that Red Wings game, to repeat myself, was wildly up and down for him. Um, what did you guys think of the goaltending this week? We'll just, I'll open that up. Uh, I like Peter Mrazek stepping to the plate and coming in in that game against the Devils. I think mm-hmm. that's a good confidence booster, not only for him, but for the fans who have been down on him, me included. I think a lot of people have been down because he gave him a pretty good contract and he hasn't played well. But He's barely played. I mean. Well, and when he's played, he hasn't played well. So He's been yeah, yeah. up and down. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, I love the stabilizing presence he brought. That was a good pull by Sheldon Keefe, I thought. like Not that those goals were overly bad against Campbell, but just... Just felt like a good time to do it. 
Yeah. Right. And then I like, the team. And I like that he just went back to Campbell the next night. Like, you don't, it's not that complicated. He only yeah. played five minutes. So mm-hmm. seven minutes, whatever it was, 10, 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. Made sense. Yeah. And Campbell looked good in response there, too. I almost got a sh- almost got away with the shutout, but surrendered a, a goal on the last. Last was that uh, Jack period? Hughes? I think so. Yeah. So yeah. rock star, just a full game of playing garbage defensively, and then he scores just to pad the stats. There, he's almost at a point per game this year. Yeah, he's uh, whatever. It's an interesting team. There's a couple mm-hmm. of guys miscast. They I think. are yeah. They're just way too small. They're way too soft on the forecheck. They have no shooting presence on the power play. I don't know who gave up oh, power, power play goals play to them. Is terrible. They couldn't break the puck in. Wow, it was really bad. Ray but Fer- it's like also when you if you try to like how who on that team can retrieve dump-ins? I don't know. Their leader, leader in power play goals is Jesper Bratt with three. Jesper Bratt. He is having He's a good. Year. He's probably been their best player this mm-hmm. year. 41 points in 42 games, I believe. Not bad. Anyways, sorry to jump around, but Peter Mrazek, my thoughts on him. Uh, that game against the Devils, the uh, – the, where he came in relief. I mean, he made some really clutch saves there. I believe it was 19 saves on 20 shots. Most notably, there was one where I forget who it was on the Devils came. Like, they had, I think it was Zaka, wide open lane, and he he stood tall. He made some big saves for them and was a big contributor in that game to, to steal it. The Detroit game, overall, I don't think it was good. I don't think it was as bad as what people are making it out to be. Like, the goals that he gave up, okay, Dylan Larkin, because Austin Matthews was playing soft defense. That was that was just bad defensive play by him. Um, Dylan Larkin was able to get it up on the backhand. It was a great play by him. Um, then the Bertuzzi goal, like that, I know you got to stop those. It's a one-on-one kind of play. But that is a very, very good shot. Like, did you see how it just grazed, like, the inside of the net and came out like that? Like, that's – I. I I don't know how many times Bertuzzi's put in in that exact spot like that. So, I mean, it's not a great goal, but it's not a terrible one, I would say. He let in one bad one. I think it was the second one. It was off a point shot. Didn't handle the rebound quite quite mm-hmm. well and yeah. then ended up in the back of the net. But he did make some big saves in that game as well. Like, I think he stopped a breakaway. There was a play. Nemestiknov had it wide open in front of the net, and he ended up missing because he tried the deke on Mrazek, and Mrazek stayed right with him throughout the whole play. Stopped a couple one-timers, I noticed, as well. Like, it wasn't all terrible. He made some good saves, but I understand. Four, like, four goals is not... Four goals with two of them being, like, mm, is not a, a great performance that you want yeah. from a $3.8 million goalie. Yeah, but I think you're right. I think he did bounce back with some big saves in the third yeah. period. So, mm-hmm. and you're right. That Bertuzzi shot is like that was a really elite shot. I think mm-hmm. so. He's played seven or eight games this year. Uh, he's given up four goals in how many of them? Three or four. In all of those games, it's the same thing. I feel like like a little bit of softy in front of him. A couple where it's like, could he have had that? Could he not have? But he makes some huge saves as well. So it's like. I don't know. Hopefully, the more games he gets in, the le- the more you'll iron out that consistency issue, right? Yeah, a couple more good games, and people will will be right back on him, right? Because yeah. like the save percentage is it's our, it's nine oh three. It's like not terrible, you yeah. know. Like he's he's he'll come around. I, yeah. I think you're right. I think I think it can only benefit the Leafs if he plays well down the stretch, mm-hmm. gives them mm-hmm. some insurance for the playoffs, and then. If they if it does come to a situation where they need to trade him in the off season, he'll have some decent value. Yeah, and I I think it's important to remember that we also have like we talked about it last week. Every game after this week essentially is going to be three or four games a week. 
So he's going to be start start starting to mix in a lot more than we've seen lately. Um, and then that kind of gets me segueing to like Jack Campbell, who's been playing well, but not as well as we've seen him at the start of the season. Uh, he's, he hasn't been that. He's been not he's been, great. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been bad. It's the nice the stat line was pretty hilarious. It was in his last like six starts, uh, or sorry, it was like his last seven starts. He was like five and one or five one and one in his last eight. I think it was one was no decision. His save percentage was eight fifty three. No, he's been bad in January. Mm-hmm. Five one up. and one, not yeah. not good at all. But also, he was playing almost yeah. unsustainably well in the first three yes. months of the season. So yeah. It happens. I think, like Colorado, he played well. Vegas, he played well, I would say. Again, if you put up that save percentage, like, you can yeah. break it down whatever way you want. That's not I an NHL I don't think the Leafs played very strong defensively. Is there any goalie in the NHL that has an 850 save percentage over that many games? Like, no, it's a bad stretch. It's fine. It's not a big deal. You can't expect your goalie to have a 935 all season. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like no. That's like unbelievable season. Yeah. But also, again, just accept that there's ups and downs in a season. Mm-hmm. That's why also why you signed yeah. Mrazek. Because yeah. They didn't think Campbell could take a whole workload. That's why they signed Mrazek. Yeah. So this could be proof of that coming to fruition, right? He has played a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Could, it could be a fatigue now. thing for him, right? Mrazek, I mean, sorry, Campbell tanking his value so we get him at a better deal in free exactly. agency. Like, he's such a good guy. Yeah, Let's down go. to only a 925 save percentage. Like, he's still fantastic, <laughs> yeah. but maybe it's fatigue, though. Is that that unbelievable to think of? Not at all. No, he's, at he's all. already at 32 starts this year. Guess what? That's a career high for him. Mm-hmm. So... That's a career high. Wow. Yep. Yeah. thought he had 35 one year. 31 with Los Angeles was his former go. high. So he wow. just broke that, and we're halfway through the season. So, yeah, that's, again, Mrazek will be a big storyline in the second mm-hmm. half of the season. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't understand how people were saying we're going to have to package a pick with Mrazek to get him that's out, no. but it's like he's played it's five also, games. It's <laughs> also like the the people who are saying that, you think like some, some reporter in, in, I don't know, like, Chicago is talking about Peter Mrazek or pick or a national reporter. No, it's just Leafs fans doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I know. That's the weirdest part. It's like yeah. you're like trying to tank your own guy's value. Yeah, you need a pick. You need a pick to package with Mrazek to get him out. But meanwhile, uh, Edmonton doesn't have one decent goaltender this yeah, year, and they're yeah. playing both their goalies more than Mrazek. Or I guess one of their goalies more than Mrazek, but uh, one of them, yeah, yeah. yeah. four and a half for Koska Daddy. Yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah. So overall, I mean, a lot, like, heavy, heavy up and downs for the goaltending this week. Saw some good stuff from, I mean, Campbell in the in the last game, uh, Mrazek in the second game, and then not a great performance against the, yeah. the Red Wings. But I don't know. I, I think with this break, it's going to be really good for Campbell. It's not as good for Mrazek. I mean, he was just getting into a groove. So we'll see how that responds. But lots of hockey to be played after the All-Star game. So we're going to get a lot. So I, I have to see a lot out of these next two goalies, these, the two goalies we have. Yeah, sorry about sorry. that. I have a quick question. Um, so at least have 40 games left in, in the regular season. Uh, how many, how, like what is the percentage split of games for Mrazek and Campbell down the stretch in your opinion? What do you think it should be? It'll be regardless like of injury, 55% obviously. Campbell. 45 Mrazek. 45 Mrazek. I like that. If not 50, 50. Somewhere mm-hmm. between like 22 and 25 starts for Campbell. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever it is, 15 much. to 18 st- starts for Mrazek. I think everyone's yeah. expecting that. Hopefully yeah. nobody gets injured, obviously, mm-hmm. knock on wood. Um, and I think that makes sense. So, Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll continue to do pretty much every other game. Yeah, like, I, I like that I idea, see too. why it wouldn't be like that mm-hmm. at all. Um, another storyline, uh, Jason, you wrote that down here. Uh, the defense, no Jake Muzzin. Jake Muzzin hasn't played in five games. Five games? Yeah. 
So what have your what is what has been your thoughts? No Jake Muzzin, even with Jake Muzzin, just the defense in general going into the All Star break. Uh, I'm pleasantly surprised by how Hall has kind of turned around his season this year. Uh, oh yeah, going into the like going into the it's not a break, but like when we had the kind of COVID scare, I feel like a lot of people were talking about how Hall really hasn't been what we kind of expected him to be, and he's actually been like significantly worse. Uh, and he's kind of responded by that by having like a solid January. Like if you look at uh, hockey stat cards, they great website. They provide the game score value of each game played. Um, J- uh, Justin Hall has was able to string together every single game except for one this year has been above a 1.04 uh, game score value added. So that that I think is around a a, a four around a, a number four defenseman numbers, essentially probably a little bit better, but, and that he's doing most of that without uh, Jake Muzzin by his side. So it's kind of interesting to see because it seems like since he's been away from Muzzin, he's been better. And I'm not trying to say that Muzzin is dragging him down or anything, but he's just, he's whatever it is. He's starting to come into his own and he's looking like the Justin Hall that we kind of knew last year, more so than the one we saw earlier this season. So I have a question. Can you tell me how he played against, Colorado and Vegas versus how he played against like New Jersey, Detroit, Anaheim, Arizona. In what sense? Like, like which game score? Like so in against Colorado, he had a one point one four game score. Which is his like average, yeah, his goals, his expected goals for was one point oh six and a point five one expected goals against. And I assume he played against. I, I don't know exactly, but I'm assuming he played against decent competition there because yeah. all their forwards are pretty good. What was the other team? Vegas. Yeah. So a lot less goals for point five nine. But 0.55, again, expected goals against. So keeping the expected goals against low, and he uh, was rocking a 1.33 So is that game like score. a higher, higher end for those numbers? No, that's that's towards like the lower end for what he's put up in January. Yeah, but, okay. but yeah, in, explain it a little more because I don't even know game score. Game score is essentially just uh, the equivalent of like a war metric. In like, and Dom LeCision at The Athletic has put it together. And it's, it's meant to look at over like a, a large sample, but it does evaluate how a player plays in a single game. It just... Yeah, I just I was just more asking like I I would just be curious to see the split of that because they the Leafs have had a pretty cakey January schedule. Mm. Like this has probably been one of the more easy stretches of their schedule other than those the Vegas Colorado games. It's it's been like mostly bad teams. Yeah, pretty much. So So but the the biggest thing is I I think is that, that makes he's, sense. I didn't really take that into account. Even even though even still though against Edmonton against uh, Colorado against Vegas he's been able to keep the expected goals against uh, below point five which is Edmonton was kind of on a, a stinky streak there as well I wouldn't consider that a no just I'm just wondering maybe like if that has to do with quality of competition then you start to think if he's really excelling in that third pairing role that's not even a bad thing in my opinion because mm-hmm. you see Sandine has also excelled in that specific role and then you you have a ready made position to upgrade on your defensive back, like whatever mm-hmm. your top four would be a two right D. And then you have a really solid distribution of defensemen in, in that case. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause I think people at one point were worried about like Justin Hall at all, like not against any competition. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. He couldn't look like, I think in 2021 he was injured. Like yeah. just yeah. the difference that we've seen just eye test wise, even it's been kind of shocking. Yeah. Really? Like, I don't know. Maybe that br- they had a long break. He hadn't played. He played December 14th and then didn't play until January 1st. Yeah. And then even then played December 12th, didn't play until December 26th. So I do see what you mean, but from the competition, I mean, Anaheim, Arizona, Detroit. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the past two games against New Jersey put up pretty good numbers, but 
like New Jersey has a horrible four checking team, so yeah. it's it shouldn't be that hard. And I mean, on one of the goals, it was Bockfist's brother in front of the net. He played good. He's one re- of their best forwards. I think. Yeah, uh, he scored off a rebound, and that was a poor job by Justin Hole boxing him out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so like I start to think about it, right? And it could be you know maybe lower competition, but also. Earlier in the year, we saw Muslin and Hall were really struggling to get the puck out of the zone. Yeah. And maybe, like, I don't think Rasmus Sandin's a better player than Jake Muslin, but I think at this point he's probably a little better at getting the Moving puck out the of puck. the zone. Mm-hmm. So I, I clipped some really good plays. So there. that could help him, right? Like, that maybe it's just a, a more offensive guy that Hall can lean on, right? Instead of, like, kind of a 50-50 load on zone exits, they're really leaning on Sandin on these zone exits, and it's helping out a lot from what I'm seeing. So... I think that's a pretty ready, ready-made third pairing for you. Yeah. I think Hall with what, the way Hall's playing lately, I, I really like the idea of that being your third pairing going into the playoffs. So, yeah. I like that too. The question is now, like, what do we do with that second pairing? Right when Muzzin comes back, obviously Muzzin's going to be there, but who's going to be that? It does seem like they're going to add someone. Mm-hmm. The, like Elliot Friedman will not stop talking about the Leafs with all these top four defensemen mm-hmm. that are available. So. We'll see. I, I think it makes sense because the forward group, the depth, I said this in our in our group chat, the depth has been really good this year. Oh, yeah. I've been really, really happy with two guys who we talked about earlier in the year that could be on the fringe of this roster, which is Ilya Mikheyev and Pierre Engvall. Oh, yeah. They've been very, very good, especially together. They've been separated because Kasha's back, but together, even separated. Engvall had not a great week, but he still produced points wise i mean there was a couple games in there that were a little bit wonky but yeah points wise he was he he was productive this week at least he's on pace for 15 goals and 35 points like you take that from pierre engvall all day oh yeah oh yeah i like like the fourth line actually looked a lot more effective the last two games and i mean shocker they what what changed they added pierre engvall you added that bit of speed that bit of puck carrying ability that Simmons and Spezza don't really have and it really it, it's so much more effective it makes that fourth line so much more effective yeah I totally agree uh, but yeah that's that's really been helpful I don't think I think the Leafs may in the right situation add a forward with term I think that's possible that's what I heard kind of somewhere I don't know I'm I don't think they'll be in the rental market for forwards though I think if it was a rental it'd be only a defenseman in my opinion I think they really like their forward group. I think they like how Kerfoot's playing for yeah. now. We'll see what happens. There's still a, lot, a decent amount of time between mm-hmm. now and the trade deadline. but That's true. Arizona's tied with uh, Calgary, by the way. Wow. <coughs> did you bet on Calgary? Yes. Oh, that's why. <laughs> Didn't Arizona win last night? Yeah, they did. They're on a roll. Colorado. Oh, my God. Snapped Colorado's winning streak. It's crazy. And it came out that uh, Gabriel Landeskog does drugs. Oh, yeah, that was a weird, that was a weird quote. <laughs> I don't do a lot of drugs. But Wait. I imagine this is what it Wait, would feel what? like. Okay. All right. Sure. But anyways, for a rental defenseman, do you have anyone in mind? Yeah. I we just, mentioned Severson, so uh, put uh, him aside. Everyone on Twitter hates Josh Manson. I don't understand why. I think if you have watched a single game of playoff, playoff hockey in the last five years, like we don't have to pretend anymore that the regular season is refed or played in the same style as the playoffs. Like we've seen it. I, I don't Montreal made the finals with essentially four immobile big defensemen. That yeah. happened. Shea mm-hmm. Weber, Ben Sherratt, Joel Edmondson. Jeff Petrie was the most mobile, mobile of those. Jeff like, Petrie. And now those guys without Weber are the, and Edmondson are the worst team in the league. 
Yeah. But I'm not saying go give a first-round pick for Ben Sherrod because I think Ben Sherrod is not the right guy. But yeah. w- watch Josh Manson play. He's really physical, good at denying zone entries, Does his good at separating men. Mm-hmm. Sorry? Does his injury history concern you? The last few – so he's injured right now. Yeah. Last year played 23 games. year before played 50. Uh, that's a great question. So that'll have to be a risk mitigation thing by the Leafs. Um, we got burned by an injury last year. We did. We did. So that that could be two injuries. So maybe you say I don't necessarily want to give a first round pick again for a guy coming off an injury with this uncertainty. I think that's mm-hmm. a very valid point. I'm really yeah. happy you brought that up. But in a in a non injury world, I think he would be a great fit on the Leafs. And because it's coming from a guy who really under like I like analytics, I like stats, I understand his statistical profile isn't perfect. But if you look at the things he does well, that translates into what we need for the playoffs. Jason has astutely pointed out, despite winning in the last month, the Leafs have been bleeding chances mm-hmm. in front of their own net. It's yeah. been very bad. I, I recommend everyone to go on Money Puck and or Natural Statric and take a look at the most at just all all the games in of the last in in January essentially um, of, that the Leafs have played and take a look at the shot maps and where the other team is shooting the puck from. You're going to see a lot of shots from the slot, and I think the Leafs did a really good job in the first half of the year. Um, December, November, October, they did a fantastic job with not allowing those kind of shots. And we were praising them on this podcast for doing it. And it says, and we said how great it was, but now we're, we're kind of turning a corner and we're seeing like, we're now giving up a lot more shots. And that could, that's obviously partially because we're missing Jake Muzz. And that's, that's an important factor. Like we shouldn't skip over that. But again, like if we're going to like, like you said, if we're thinking about playoffs, like what are the, the, what are the chances we want to give up the least of? Those are the kind of chances that we do not want to give up in the playoffs because those can go in at any second, right? Those are the high high danger chances. You don't want to give those up. And I'm so sorry. you're saying that uh, the defense has been wonkier in January, mm-hmm. and just so happens that our goaltending's numbers have dived. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, that's Absolutely. that makes it, they're giving him less. What I said earlier in the year. They were giving him a lot of chances where it was Jack Campbell versus the shooter. Mm-hmm. There was no shooter. passing yeah. Yeah, you're right. option. That has kind of gone away. That's it a makes great it point. a lot more difficult to play. 853 is wildly unacceptable. Yeah. I, I will admit that. However, that's a great point. Good job. Yeah. Good job, guys. This no, is, um, that makes sense. This is real. This is good stuff. Yeah. No, but I, I actually like everyone should go and do that if they, if they have some time on their hands because like you'll see that that's where the shots are all coming from. And I, again, Joe, that's a great point. Explains exactly why we're, our goalies aren't giving up as much or are giving up more goals than we're used to, I guess, this year. And, like, I, I'm not saying you pay a premium for a guy who's not a good player. Mm-hmm. Like, Josh Manson is a good player, and the things that he does well will translate to the playoffs. Not like Nick Foligno, though. This is different. Like, mm-hmm. I think this is much different. I think Josh Manson is a better player than Nick Foligno was at last year. Actually, a much better player, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a totally different scenario, and I and I think – I think Kyle Dubas has been on him for a while. I think from maybe a total war model, he's not good. But if you just look at his defensive impacts over the last couple of years, he's been quite good on a kind of not a great defensive team lately. Mm-hmm. So I, I would be, I would be in on that. I don't know the price first round picks probably a bit steep, I would say, mm-hmm. but maybe you can figure something out. Maybe if you get a first round, give a first round pick plus, one of those finished prospects or another pick, you can get Raquel in that deal as well. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Again, we've been trying to think about these two, two pop deals where you get two players. So mm-hmm. just hypothesizing here. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah. I like, I like we were talking about this earlier, Josh, I like before the podcast. And I think it's like a great idea. I like, 
when I think about trades, like we we should be targeting a defenseman for sure. That's like should be our number one priority. Someone to fill that second right hand D spot. But I look back at like we talked about it a little bit last podcast, the McDonough Miller trade. And like after the podcast, I was kind of looking into it more, and it's like that trade almost like that. Those are one of the the one of the biggest trades for Tampa Bay that helps solidify them. I think long term, and and it was a great deal that they pulled off. They traded honestly a bunch of prospects that never ended up turning out. I think they gave them. Uh, Three prospects, Nemestikov, and I don't know if they gave a pick or not. I'll look think, it up. Give me a sec. I, I, I don't think they gave a pick, but they gave essentially an NHL player and a bunch of prospects, and they got a, a legit top 4D that they ended up signing long-term, and they got JT Miller, who they who was... A good defensive D. In defen- exactly, down. a defensive defenseman, and they got a solid... J- they got JT Miller, who was solid for them. They ended up trading him to... Uh, for a first-round pick. For a first-round pick. So here's the trade. The trade was... Uh, JT Miller and Ryan McDonough for a first in 2018, a second conditional in 2019. Libor Hayek, Brett Howden, and Vladislav Nemestikov. Libor but, Hayek has been terrible. Brett Howden got moved out for a, a fourth. He was one of the worst of forwards in the league. Nemestikov was a rental, I believe. I don't even think. I think he was just a free agent. He left yeah. New York. Mm-hmm. And then they traded JT Miller for a first-round pick, and I believe they used that first-round pick to, to get, get Barkley Goudreau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. They traded Nemesknov a couple of years later to Ottawa. I don't think they traded him for very much. Also, here's my other point. You just talked about Ryan McDonough. A lot of people probably don't watch that much Tampa and don't look at much into it, but you watch him in the playoffs. He's an absolutely fantastic defender. He gets the most amount of minutes on Tampa Bay when they have a lead. Go look at his analytical profile during the regular season. That does not. It does not scream an elite defenseman. It doesn't. No, but... Again, the things he do, does really well are not necessarily perfectly translated through the analytics because his defensive metrics are good, kind of almost the exact same as Josh Manson's. If you look, I'm not saying Manson is as good as McDonough, but from an analytical and statistical profile, they're very similar regular season numbers. So just think about, again, this is not made up. We know how different the game is in the playoffs. Like we've seen it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason the Islanders and the Canadians and the Stars are able to make these deep runs, right? So this type of player... Starts from the back end. This type of player will help solidify the top four, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I fully agree. Do you guys have any other ideas of, like... I have one of, like, a forward-D combination on, like, a team that isn't... Probably isn't going to make the playoffs. One one that would be an absolute dream for me. I know this is going to be two bananas already. I already know. (laughs) I can just tell. (laughs) If we get... Well, everyone's talking about... Okay, the Dallas Stars are definitely moving John Klingberg, right? How how hard would how much would you have to give up to get Joe Pavelski as well? I he's brought a, this up to you. Yeah, I know, but he's a UFA, right? Like, who knows if he's going to resign in Dallas? If Dallas isn't going to make the playoffs, they might as well get what they can from their uh, from their upcoming UFAs. I know he's been he's been fantastic this year on that first line with Rupe Hints and Jason Roberts, and that line has been phenomenal for them. But if they're if they're they're kind of on the bubble right now, and who's to say in four weeks if they don't do if they don't play so well if they're out of it? Why why, why not? Right. I would at least try and take a stab at it, but first, Honestly. first of all, I like that getting Pavelski makes Klingberg a complete afterthought. Like that's how good yeah. Pavelski is, right? Like, oh yeah, he's a legit one center in the NHL. The only thing is, how do you make that money work? Uh, if there's a will, there's a way. Kerfoot's coming out. Ker- Kerfoot would have to go for sure. I think Richie's coming out. Of course, you probably have to give another pick to make Richie part of that. Mm-hmm. Oh my so. God, Pavelski has forty-eight points in forty-three games this yeah. year. 
Again, still Holy. one of the best defensive centers in the league. That's right? crazy. That looked like the worst contract in the league when he came to Dallas, and then he had an awesome playoffs, and then after that, fifty-one and fifty-six, and then forty-eight and forty-three. Right now, he's he's played like a ten million dollar player. Yeah, I know. He came in, he looked like a bum, but that's awesome. Just having him in front of the net on the power play, having oh him as your third center, possibly. I would want him in a bigger role. That's the thing. But where? What? Here's the I thing: if he plays on the third line, you can play these guys this a lot more. Like you can. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be defensive. Like that's a legitimate third line. Yeah. And then you're really cooking with three fantastic lines, right? Yeah. And oh then you got David Kampf in that beautiful fourth line role. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But yeah, that's more of a dream. We'll see. Yeah, Dallas will be pipe, a team that dream. the next ten games will be big. Like if they go like. Two and eight, they're probably going to be selling. If they go anything above 500, they're going to ride it out and try to make the playoffs. Because, yeah. as you pointed out, they don't have to be top three or top four in their division because the Pacific is so bad. So they could be fifth in their division and mm-hmm. make that second wild card spot. Oh, second, right? yeah, the wild card. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. So the Oilers blew a three goal lead to the Capitals, but Phoenix Copley in that for the Capitals? Oh, my God. But the picture that NHL.com used is them celebrating a goal. They, no, they, they won. won. They, they won, won five won. three. Well, they they blew a three goal lead, but they won. Yeah, yeah. they blew a three goal lead, but this then this is ended the worst headline I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Blown three goal lead, but still won. Thank you, NHL.com. Uh, just taking a look at the stars, and I can't find them for some. Oh, there we are. Yeah, nine points back of the the Blues, but. But they only have to finish fifth, like fifth in mm-hmm. their division, maybe. Right now, they'd be one point out of a playoff spot, I believe, yeah. or two, two points. Uh, they're one point behind Edmonton. So Edmonton one. has one game in hand, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's close, it's and close. I mean, then they're two points behind Calgary. Or sorry, Edmonton's not even a playoff. No, spot. No, it's Calgary. It's two behind Calgary. Two behind Calgary. Calgary has two in hand, and they're playing the uh, the Dirt Dogs right now. So. That, uh, that'll be a tight race. I mean, even San Jose's kind of in there. They have a lot more games played than everyone else. So we'll see. I wonder what Chicago's going to do. Um, other than like... Um, the only thing is, who are you plucking from Chicago? I'm sure they... Actually, I'm not that sure they want to trade their good players. I think they probably think they're still good, to be honest. I don't know. I think it's, they do. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Rocky Wirtz absolutely put his foot in his mouth today. So maybe yeah. maybe there's a domino effect. After I, that. I think if they wanted to have a fire sale, they'd have a GM hired soon, right? Yeah. Ooh. Like Anaheim, them hiring Pat Verbeek today tells you that like they're serious. We're making big decisions pre-deadline mm-hmm. here. That doesn't necessarily mean trading Lindholm, Raquel, and Manta, but it's probably going to be we're either extending Lindholm and Raquel and, or, or any of those three or we're trading them. Like they're making the decision now, which is the right way. Way to do it, right? 100%, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't. I I don't know if if Lindholm will be available. I think that's obviously a guy. If he became available, even though he's a left shot, is a fantastic like stabilizing top pairing defenseman. I think everyone knows how good he yeah. is now. I think they'll probably keep him though. Mm-hmm. I I think they'd extend him. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think I heard somewhere on. I think it was probably thirty two thoughts. They said the, they're just trying to make the term work. Yeah, right yeah. Now. I saw that as well. So, anywho. Um, Moving on from trade deadline because we'll get probably more into that, even though we've we've covered it in like in almost a nausea. But I think people like talking about it. Oh yeah, 
It's always fun making up stuff, uh, scenarios in your head, right? Uh, let's do a little all-star. What are you looking forward to in the all-star game? Are you even going to watch? I'll probably watch the skills competition, honestly. Like, is, it's on a Friday night, right? I don't know what else I'll be doing, but I'll throw it on in the background maybe. As I, I said, I, I, I try not to watch it every year, and every year I end up watching it. I mean, fastest skater, hardest shot, most accurate are all always fun. They're doing, so. they're doing an interesting game. The uh, blackjack the blackjack game. game. It's going to really test some of the math of these uh, scholars <laughs> in the NHL. What's th- the blackjack? What are they I, I think you, you just shoot pucks at like the... You, you, there's like a board of cards, I guess. And, and you, you shoot pucks at the cards to try to play, essentially play To try and get 21. Them. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Yeah. The, car, the cards looked big, but... Yeah, and, I don't know. We'll see. And they're also apparently doing something with the, the OV fountain. I forget what it's called, but the fountain that no, Ovechkin... I think that was a joke. No, I think they're actually doing something. I was listening to the radio. But Ovechkin's today. not even in. Yeah, no, but not with Ovechkin. Like, with just... Like, I, I don't know I if don't they're know. doing, like, some weird sh- shooting thing. I don't know. I, I don't know. But, I, I don't know. A few like, years like ago, the they, tried to do, they tried to do shooting the pucks from way, like, way, yeah, way like up. The yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It was just... Nah, I, I like know. the old school. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's like mm-hmm. when they change the dunk competition format. Yeah. It's like not. It's not that complicated. Yeah. Oh yeah, that year that they changed it to like group dunking. Yeah, like freestyle was dunking. The worst yeah, thing exactly. ever. And there was no no judging. Just like fan vote at the end, and no one realized who won. Yeah, it was the stupidest thing. But yeah, ever. like fastest skater. The the field of fastest skater. If you one of you guys can pull it up, is like probably one of the best fields they've had yeah. ever. It's I unbelievable. Fans are skaters. very mad that Barzell's not in it. Oh poor Barzell. Who cares? Um what is it? All-Star Game. Fastest, fastest skater. skater. Um, One thing I want to see is, I think some, some people on Twitter pointed out, let's bring back the breakable targets, not the they one. Did. That, they, they did. Are. Yeah. I yeah. believe sure. they are. Yeah, right. they are. Well, then there you go. I'm watching it now, officially. I'll I give my... As well. I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't know. I feel like I'm busy this weekend. <laughs> so, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's like, you'll watch off. if it's on. It's just the NHL doesn't have the most exciting All-Star Game, I would yeah. say. No. Again, it, it kind of loses its luster when you look at all the good players that don't get to go. Like, yeah. That's a big contributing factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you anyone see the fastest skater crew or no? Oh, they not. do. You're right. Fountain face-off. There you go. Oh, I hope they're not just doing a face-off <laughs> like that. Be the, probably not. <laughs> but, um, fastest skater is – nice job. They're just explaining what this is. Fuck F you. I'm not looking this up anymore. Uh, that pissed me off. I don't know. Who's in it? Do you know? I believe McDavid is in it. I believe Ooh. Chris Kreider is in it. I believe... They're going to call him for offside? This is great radio. This is great um, radio. Anywho, uh, they're bringing back the judged uh, breakaway stuff, and they're bringing Zegris in it. But the issue is with doing that, like I don't care that Zegris is in it. Every year, what made that competition the best... And what made it such a fun one was that guys just started doing banana stupid things. Like, do yeah. you remember the first year? Did you watch the first ever year they did it? It was terrible yeah, because was nobody so was pulling off their tricks. And then they were actually trying to grade them on it. And it was like, all right, whatever. And then after that, like Patrick Kane pulled out the Superman. Uh, Ovechkin put out on the, the Canada hat and all that stuff. Uh, there was the year that Corey Perry pulled out the mini stick. There was the year someone got someone's son to, yeah, to yeah, go yeah. in. And then as a response, I think it was Johansson or something, went and got like Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, yeah. That was pretended funny. he was his kid. Like there's been so many good moments from uh, – from, I'm probably missing one. There's a really, really good one in there that I'm missing. But 
yeah, like the the big attraction to that one is that people do really stupid things. Like I don't care that like Zegers is going to try a move and not be able to pull it off under pressure. Like <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I got the fast. It's just off these three. McDavid, Makar, Larkin is like a. That's and then awesome. you got one. Kairou, awesome. Kuznetsov, Kreider, Kreider, an underrated, mm-hmm. fantastic skater. Adrian Kempe, really good skater. Kyle Connor, pretty good skater. Not like that's kind. Of, he's, he's, probably, fast. he's fast. He's fast, but like compared to these guys, I would say. But yeah, it's a good group. Like Lark again, Larkin, Makar, McDavid is like. I assume those will be the three fastest. Yeah, who's who's your money on the fastest right now? Let's hear it. I mean, Larkin has the record, doesn't he? Yeah, but he had a running start. Yeah, there's that controversy. Yeah, it was really weird. I don't know why they... Who did he beat? Didn't he beat Mike, Mike Gardner? Gardner? And then his son was... We know his son. His son was like Rattled. rightly pointing out like, well, like he had a false... Uh, yeah. uh, he had well, a head start. Which yeah. is like true. I, I don't hate it. He's He's right. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, you're going to be faster if you're, one is starting from a stop position, the other one is... And they just declined to ever acknowledge that, too. <laughs> That's the funniest part. But, yeah, I don't know. All-Star break, like, do we seem that excited about it? No. I'll no. be honest. No. Man. Until they make the All-Star, like, the actual game better format and more fun, I don't think people are going to care that much about the All-Star. I feel like this yeah. is a, a conversation ad nauseum for every sport. Like, yeah. I, I think it, as you get older, you realize it's, like, probably more of a kid's thing. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. Um I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, oh yeah. I want uh, Green Bay uh, either to perform at halftime it's uh, or at intermission Billy or Talent? whatever. Uh, so this year, it's Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, my God. Who cares? Uh, I want either Kodak Black yes. or and that girl he was with. <laughs> um, or I want Green Day to come back and swear on live TV. I don't, I don't know who <laughs> does this for the NHL, like the higher whatever, the recruit. I don't know how to say it. The recruiting of these people. It's it's almost comical who they have every year. It's like yeah. never somebody that ca- that quite fits the NHL. But yeah. it's like they're always trying to like pull it. I don't know. Like I, I feel like the the play here was like oh try to pull in non hockey fans mm-hmm. to watch. But it's like what non hockey fan is just going to watch the intermission of the All Star yeah. game? Yeah. Like this is not the Super Bowl. Just bring yeah. in Nickelback. Yeah, yeah, honestly. No, actually, bring in Nickelback. Do you remember yeah. there was one year Snoop Dogg was like DJ? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something happened. I'll yeah. let you look that up. But yeah, that was that was hilarious. Also, a good point I heard someone make on the radio. It's like in the NFL, like Pro Bowls matter. Like players get bonuses for the amount of Pro Bowls. Like in the NBA, players get bonuses for All Star games. And the NHL, like it's so scattered. Like Stamkos has only been to like three or four. I was I saw like that's crazy. Like mm-hmm. it just it's a really just not that. It's not a great indicator of the best players in the league. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Crosby has, has only gone to like one. I know it's it's wild. But. That's so funny. But anyways, I'm sure that'll affect his Hall of Fame voting. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have here on the docket? That's the All-Star game. Some stats surfing? Yeah, some stats. Are, I was also just going to ask if you if you guys think we'll see any any trades before the next podcast because the one, one small tiny thing that's happening uh, after Wednesday night, which would be tonight, tomorrow, uh, the day before if you're listening. To, anyways, um, the... Taxi squad's being abolished. Like, there's no more taxi squad yeah. now. So, Oh, moving forward even? Yeah. COVID I believe just, so. COVID just doesn't exist, I guess. Yeah. As of when? As of the end of... I thought it was being dissolved tonight. and then putting back together. Oh. We got to look I'm, I must have read that. So I, unless like I'm, trade I'm wrong. I could be wrong as well. At, at some point. I don't know. I, I saw they're abolishing taxi squads. I don't know if that like that's permanent or not. Yeah. But, anyways, we'll... Uh, We'll take a look into that. Oops. 
Oopsies. <laughs> Anyways, staff Some surfing. Staff surfing you guys had? Yeah. So I just had one thing. I think I forget who tweeted this. I think it was Mitch Marner. Yeah, it was about Mitch Marner. I think it was Cushman, Kyle Cushman, but uh, just Marner since he returned. S- seven games played, eight goals, eight assists, 16 points, 27 shots. There's this guy on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name, but like with that game that Kerfoot was playing with Matthews, he tweeted like Kerfoot's done more for Austin Matthews in one game than Mitch Marner's done all year. I mean. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I, I, I muted them I mean, a while ago. Like, that was a really stupid tweet. I mean, <laughs> that was just plain simple I mean, stupid. Flavor of the day. It's shocking that those pe- those people just get really quiet. Yeah, I, that's yeah. why that's why you always got to save receipts. You got to keep the receipts and call them out when they when it happens. That's what I always do. Yeah. I get text messages. I have a file on my phone. I have a folder on my phone. I'm not even kidding you. And I had to just send a picture with the receipt emoji. That's all it is. No, but Tweets you know, can be deleted. I, I went back. It was Jeff Vallette. He went and said, he "Oh, I all really his tweets. exactly." He he's like, "I really like that March. Uh, I really didn't like that Marchment for Malgin to, uh, trade. I wanted to keep Marchment." I looked up Mason Marchment on his profile. There was no mention. No, of he it. deletes them. Which I guess that's what people do. Whatever. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm not that surprised. Like, if you don't think Mitch Marner's a good player in the regular season, then like you just didn't watch him. He's fantastic. Does a lot of really thing, a little things really well. We'll see what happens at the playoffs, though. I really hope he does well. I have a feeling some Leaf fans don't. don't Like, they don't care. They hope yeah. he sucks in the playoffs. I really hope he does well. Like, it's him, Matthews. I really hope they have fantastic playoffs. I need this more than you, Mitch. No, like, even for them. Like, these guys, you guys don't think they work? They work their ass off. Watch, uh, watch how Matthews is tenacity on the puck. Like, this guy in the corner is one of the hardest working players in the corners yeah. in the league. It's like, just mm-hmm. a mental game. Watch, like, watch. like we talked about with Jackson Slavon White. Right? The mental coach. Yeah. It's, it's all between the ears. Watch mm-hmm. Mitch Marner back check. Watch Mitch Marner stick on the, on in the defensive zone. Like, watch these little things these guys do really well. That doesn't include points. And really, you know, appreciate how they've developed as players. Yeah. I honestly I was thinking to myself, like, today, Austin, like, if you were to describe almost, like, the prototypical, prototypical like, 1C in the NHL that you would want on your team, you... Here, it was... Matthews me. is becoming that. 100%. It's like a big... Yeah. A, a guy who can score goals, big... Uh, has the ability to play two ways and, and is like as a centerman can actually like win face off draws is like a legitimate centerman like that is literally Austin. Yeah, I think he'll shore it up by playoffs, but I think he's been a little bit soft defensively recently. Fair, yeah, that's fair. fair. I fair. think he's fair. a really good defensive forward right mm-hmm. now, though, compared to his, the start of his career. He could be. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely could be. But like plays like the Larkin goal against Detroit, like there's some certain plays where I'm like, I don't love that. Like I know mm-hmm. he has strong defensive metrics, but defensive metrics is on ice. It's not how you play defense. Yeah, that's and fair. I think yeah. some it's of that is driven position. by by Mitch Marner. I think, and also by him having the puck all game. Yes, yes. that helps. Yeah, but Alex Semin had good defensive metrics. That guy was the worst, laziest defensive yeah, player I've fair. ever seen. I, I think you're right. A lot of that comes with the, his ability to exit the zone. Yeah, right. So I think I think we're talking more for people at home. I think Joe's talking more about like check identification and. You know, getting his body in front of yeah. guys, kind of getting in the way even, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's fair, but I think Jason's right. Like, the biggest thing for him I think that's changed a lot is his skating from his first year till now oh. is exponentially better. And you have to credit the Leafs development team for that because oh, yeah. he's a really good skater now. Like, before he was probably an average skater. I think now he's above oh, average NHL skater. I yeah, really I do. So. Especially for his size. Like, oh, he's massive. And it's a he has a really efficient stride now, 
Yeah. Before it, it looked like he was really working to get to top speed. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. also another weird eye test thing. Like it looks like they're players are not trying out there, but it's like no, they just have an effortless stride. Yeah, that's like, William Nylander the first four years of his career. But that's also what people in Buffalo at one point were saying about Jack Eichel. I yeah, swear, but okay. but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just effortless, efficient stride. Yeah. Meanwhile, it looks like Alex Kerfoot at some points is. He's like Fred Flintstone with his feet. Yeah. He's not really going anywhere. He's improved his stride, too. I will yeah. give him credit where credit is due, but I'm talking more last year. Anywho, um, any other stat surfings? I think I think the second line having no goals is like... This week? I don't know how At 5-on-5, five five, obviously. Yeah. They don't, I don't think anyone... Tavares scored on the power play, I'm pretty sure. Uh, one of the, on, in Detroit, I think, or... I... I Pretty sure he scored on the power play. Some more fantastic radio. <laughs> oh, he um, did score against Detroit. On the power play? How yeah. did he score? I think it was a tip. tip. I think it was like one of the first. I think it was the second goal he scored. I will say he also made a really strong play in front of the net to set, set up, up Sandin. Yes. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, he put his ass out. Great uh, play. Yeah. And then Great play. Rasmus Sandin, game-winning goal, too. But, I mean, just five on five. I think a lot of people on Twitter have been saying mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Too, like, yeah. Are you concerned with... John Tavares's defensive performance, his defensive metrics at five on five. Yes, yes, yes. He's not good defensively, but it is what it is. Like he has not been. No one still, at still all. really strong on the puck. Smart offensive player. Just how you, it's how you age. I mean, he's in year four of this deal. It's not. Yeah. This is the second half now. We're officially now in the second half of John Tavares's contract with the Leafs. Right. I've mentioned what like. Off the rush, he doesn't do himself favors by playing so low, but that's where he produces all of his offense. Yeah. If you put him up higher, he's not going to he's not going to be effective at all, pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, there was one play. It was it was Lucas Raymond got. I sent it, you guys the clip. Lucas Raymond got a really good chance, um, and it was because so Dylan Larkin was in the middle of the ice. He was standing still, pretty much. Did a touch, nice touch pass to Lucas Raymond. Then he got on his horse and started flying. Right. Good, nice little change of speed. Really, really smart play from Dylan Larkin. But Tavares was matching, trying to match his speed. No chance. He had absolutely no chance on no. that. Larkin was miles ahead, and he was able to set up Raymond on a nice play. Tavares is the rare player post-2010 where at no point has he been a good skater in the NHL, no. but has still found a way to produce. Strong. Right. He's extremely strong. Extremely strong. Underratedly strong, especially bottom half. But... Yeah, he hasn't doesn't have the he's not uh, beaten anyone. He's tried that move the, the inside outside move on defenseman a couple times. I think he'll hit it eventually. Yeah. And also like they're deploying them offensively, so it's not like Tavares is leaking oil consistently in these defensive mm-hmm. zone situations. Like that line is being primarily deployed in the offensive zone. So mm-hmm. I think Sheldon Keefe recognizes that. I saw some people saying Sheldon Keefe should get some Jack Adams love. I disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. I think this team is immensely talented. Like this is, I think the Jack Adams is is better t- given to somebody who's really elevating their team. Do you guys think Sheldon Keefe is really elevating the Leafs? I mean, I don't know. I feel like the coach of Florida is going to get it no matter what. So of Florida, yeah, of Florida. Coach. Andrew Burnett, yeah. Even though he came in partway through, yes. Um, That's not I wouldn't doubt. What that. about Rod Brendamore? Maybe I don't know. Rod the bod. Uh, there's. Probably someone else that I'm missing there. Maybe Pete DeBoer with all those injuries yeah. that they've had. But 
In terms of Sheldon Keefe, I mean, we just saw him totally botch our lines. That's what, like, then, he literally hasn't had to do anything all year, and then he just wanted to tinker to tinker. Like, yeah, I wonder how this will do a little uh, NHL, NHL 22 GM mode. <laughs> the other thing is, like, he's playing Nylander more, which is good, but, like, he was just playing Nylander too little before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, no. that's just fixing his own issue, right? Yeah. I'm not do- dogging on Sheldon Keefe. It's just Leaf fans. They're either way down on their team or they're way high on people. So, yeah, it's very true. I wonder what the the Leafs like the Leafs fan temperature is on Sheldon Keith. Like, great coach, good coach, average coach, good. bad coach. I think he's good. pretty good. I think I, I, I think, really like the the emergence of this third line, and I think he's playing them properly. Yeah, uh, there's a couple things to figure out still that we we haven't quite yet, but I, I think he's been good. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Beginning of the year, Adams I was did? really – no, I don't think yeah, like he's okay. elevated the team that high. But at the beginning of the year, I was really upset with what they were doing because it just it looked terrible. But I think he's been good yeah. ever since. Just so, I him. wanted to bring that but up not, to see what you guys not, I saw that. I did see that as well. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. He's been all right. Yeah. It's been good. His team is very good. Very, very so, good. It's probably the most talented like you team. Yeah, Austin Matthews. Yeah. I mean, and he's getting good goaltending, like – like Don Cherry had his own had his own uh, like coach's corner. What did he have to do? Open the door for Phil Esposito and Bobby Orr. Yeah, it's true. It happens. Yeah. Anywho, uh, we have Vanilla and Favorite of the Week. Who do you guys Is got? Mitch Marner going to win the most favorite player of the weeks in the first half? If Ooh. like, I don't know. Who would he go up against this week? Austin Matthews. Yeah. Or Michael Bunting. Not Matthew Matthews. Michael Bunting got a hat trick. Give it to them. Uh, so you're right. Ooh. So did Matthews, though. Oh, you're right. Matthews was empty net. Michael Bunting was batting the puck out of the mm. air. That's an interesting one. Wow. I Maybe wonder we if we just. All three. I was going to say if we just give it to the first line. Because Marner almost had a hat trick in the, the last New Jersey game as well. He had two goals. <laughs> he did. Yeah. So in terms of stats, uh, Bunting. Had the highest expected goals for over the last three games, sixty-one point four one. Then it was Marner at sixty. That's the same. Matthews at fifty-seven three. Yeah, negligible, I would say. And then in terms of points, it was five on five. Mitch Marner led them all with eight. Matthews had seven. Bunting had five. Dude, five they had five. eight and seven five on five points in three games. And then Mitch Marner, all strengths had nine, and then Matthews eight. Bunting five. Wow. Yep. In the National League. Yeah. There are no Mitch, uh, Mason Marchman, that's for sure. Six points in a game. You didn't think I was going to bring that up on this podcast? I thought it was going to go by the wayside. Shout out Mason Marchman, former Leaf. Former, former Leaf. Now premium power forward. <laughs> Breaking Dom's model as we speak. The next Michael Bunty. Maybe we can scoop him at a premium. Or at a, at a <laughs> I don't think so. I think Just it's fair to say... Um, we're two years away from figuring out if that if we lost that trade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah give it some time. <laughs> Man, Malgin is two years younger. Yeah, he's staying. He could still come <laughs> he's, through. Uh, he's going to become MVP of the, the Swiss League. I was going to say, or, he'll be two years further out of the NHL. Or, or he wins the Olympics for Switzerland. Are they? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. How many gold medals does? How many Olympic appearances does Mason Marchman That's have? true. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Exactly. The funny stat, this is a good stat surfing. Like, the Florida broadcast put, First six-point game for Mason Marshman. So, <laughs> yeah, it's also his first five-point and four-point and three-point game, too. Like, My uh, favorite yeah. staff of the week was uh, 
Michael Bunting first hat trick oh. <laughs> first hat trick while his hometown was the town for hockey day in Canada was the stat I think great stuff that was good that's what we yeah. tune in for <laughs> yeah. McDavid doesn't have any of those no, no. makes you think makes you think uh, so you were saying not even Leafs bias I want to bring this one up Hyman versus Bunting I think Bunting's been better this year yes this year or overall this year this year, okay, for sure. This you can't really say overall because Bunting only has like what fifty career games played, like sixty career games yeah, played. It's true. tough to say, right? right. I think I think Bunting this... has been better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all strength so far this year. Bunting has twenty nine points in forty two games. Uh, if he continues to play with Matthews and Marner, we're going to see that number go way and the hell. Hyman up. has twenty five in thirty five games, and that's is that five on five or is that? No, he was saying all, you're saying all strength. All, all strength? Yeah. yeah. I'm all. Ivan's got 18 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah. Or and even at, strength. At 5-on-5, five five, Michael Bunting has... It's going to be primarily his points. Probably three. <laughs> probably three three points, my guess. On, uh, oh, sorry. Three points Ooh. on the power play. It's 26 points. 5-on-5, five five, he's second on the Leafs. 26 points. Yeah. There you go. Also, Hyman, in terms of his defensive metrics, have been bleeding out a bit this year. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's an Edmonton thing, but... It is an Edmonton thing. Something I've, I've been... A lot of defensive metrics are like gonna say, wildly system. impacted by where you For sure. play. Hundred percent. But I mean, they're also it, impacted by the player. He was paid but, to do it, though, yeah. right? Like, I don't think yeah. the argument is, "Oh, Hyman's in Edmonton system, that's why he's not playing good." If you give a guy five and a half for seven years, it doesn't matter the system. He's got to he's got to do that stuff, right? Yeah, that's true too. That is very true, but. Yeah, we'll see. Edmonton started to pick it up since they picked up um, Van- Vander. It's everyone else's fault but mine, Kane. That's all I'm going to say I about just don't, that. I just, the vibes there are weird. That's all I'm going to say. Hopefully they can make the playoffs. I don't, I don't yeah, care I don't what care. they do for care. the rest of the year. <laughs> I, don't I don't care at all. Anywho, uh, so we got way off topic per usual. But favorite, so favorite. Those three. We'll do those three, sure. And Vanilla Player of the Week. I don't know. I don't want to say it. That's why. It's Nylander Tavares. Nylander Tavares. Just say it. Fair. Um, actually, Nyl- is it? Nylander's no points dash two on the week against like two against New Jersey and one against Detroit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know who our worst two defensemen were statistically this week? Morgan Riley, TJ Brody. Morgan Riley, TJ Brody. Interesting. Kind of sucks. I don't think they were. They weren't overly bad, though. Mm-hmm. They were on the ice for a lot of goals against. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. Morgan Riley, 4-4. Four, four. four goals, 4. 6 against. TJ Brody, 5-4. 6 against. And yeah. when you look at like the share of how many goals they gave up this week, that's the majority of them. The rest of the, the, rest of the Leafs' D-men, when you read it out, Justin Hole gave up 1. Rasmus Sandin, 1. Timothy Lilgren 1. It was totally his fault, but 1. And Travis Dermott, 1. Kind of a stinky week. So do does we, that put them in contention? No. no? Morgan Riley played 27 minutes. Like, they're playing yeah. primarily. Yeah, that's true. Like, they're playing most of the game. How mm-hmm. are their shot shares, though? Is that a goalie thing? Was that a. Uh, the shots against? No, like, expected goals numbers. Like uh, They were bad. Okay. 41.54 from Riley, 40.73 That's not for that Brody. bad, though. I wonder if we just Pretty do bad. second line and first first deep pairing. No? No. no. Players? No. I think. Okay. I w- Tavares. I, Tavares Nylander. I'm then? okay with that. Yeah, 
It's unfortunate, but we have to hold everyone accountable. We gave it to Nick Ritchie like eight weeks in a row. Like, like I don't know. If we don't give it to the better players when they deserve it, then, then it's just no going to look like yeah. we're bullying Nick Ritchie and Justin Hole. <laughs> also, like William Nylander, who's been shooting like a ton, only had four shots in these three games. Yeah. It's like, it was a weird week for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, hopefully this break helps him to uh, Not to that reset. concerned. I'm just saying. No. We're talking no. about of course, games. yeah. yeah. Just three games. They didn't play as well as they should have, and happens, right? So, all right. We'll give it to uh, Nylander, Tavares. Who... I think Tavares might win that. Yeah. I think people are like... People are very hot and cold on him too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think he had a good Detroit. He had a couple points. Detroit. He was strong against Detroit, I would say. But New Jersey was bad, though. He was yeah. Not they good. didn't. They did fart all in a game. They scored seven goals and six goals. So unfortunate, but yeah, their expected goal share for that that uh, for all three games forty one point six two for Tavares, forty one point three three for Nylander. Not great. No. But anyways, we'll put it up to a vote. Um, hopefully have that out by tomorrow morning and, uh, we'll see who, who takes home the cake yet again. Anything else you guys had on the docket? No, I like I like the, uh, we're going to put some report cards out. People yep. vote on them. Yep. Report cards of all the players. Should be interesting to go through those for the next episode and yep. talk, maybe talk all-star break. Maybe there's a trade. Yeah. Keep your eye out for those. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Follow on TikTok. Yes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Got some content coming out soon. Ooh, that's going to be a big one. Yes. YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. Everything. We don't have that yet, but anywho, thanks everyone for listening. Go Leafs, go.